Welcome to Silicon Slopes Live. Today we're joined by Jeff Atkinson, founder and CEO of Huckabye. How are you? I'm great, Garrett. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You came from beautiful Park City, right? That's right. The snow's finally melting. It's starting to turn into spring up there. Mountain biking time? Yep. Mountain biking, golf. Yes. It's getting nice. So you live up there, but then your company's also headquartered up there. Yep. We're right at the top of Main Street in Park City. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. What are, the, uh, what are the pros and cons of that office location? I think there's a lot of pros. Um, the cons would be, you know, it's a bit of a trek from Salt Lake, so employees um, would have a bit of a drive. But this year, not a lot of activity at the office, so people are starting to sort of feed back in two, three days a week, which is nice. Um, employees kind of love it. We attract a different type of employee, I think, because we're in Park City. Um, as you know, I'm from the Boston area, so I'm a transplant, and... A lot of our employees are transplants that love um, the outdoors and being up in Park City. So it's been, um, I think there's a lot of pros there. I think we just attract sort of a different kind of employee than probably what you'd get down here in Lehigh. Um, and so in some ways we're, we're not, you know, uh, we don't have as much access to that type of human capital. But so far it's worked really well for us and um, we're really happy with the people that that have signed up to work for us, and I think they love the, the culture and, and being able to go yeah. to Park City is, is a nice um, change of pace. And a lot of our employees also are moving up to Park City, which is awesome. So Yeah, yeah, that's the, the best of both worlds if you live up there and work up there. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what is Huckabye? Yeah, so Huckabye is a SEO software platform. Um, think of us as sort of the layer between our customers' websites and Google. So how do we speak... Uh, correctly to Google so that our customers get, you know, indexed correctly and Google fully understands them. That was sort of the first piece of Huckabye, and now we've moved into, we have a page speed product. So there's this huge problem on the Internet now of websites being slow and users not getting what they want fast enough. And, in fact, Google's pushing a major algorithm update in June um, that's all about page speed and sort of penalizing sites that are poor Uh, when it comes to PageSpeed. So we have actually built a product specifically for that update, and it makes sites really, really fast. And that's the product that um, is sort of selling off the shelves right now, which is exciting. That is exciting. Yeah, you were on the podcast about two years ago, so a a lot's changed on that. Um, So if I remember, like Google latency, right? Yeah, latency, you know... on your, specifically, they're very interested in how fast are sites loading on a mobile device, especially with a slow connection. Um, they're just sort of fed up with um, the Internet being really, really slow. Yeah. And so this move in June, um, which is going to be over a year in the making of them talking about this algorithm update, is going to sort of put their, their foot down when it comes to page speed. And you've got to be a fast site now. Wow. Uh, you guys have a little timer on your website, right? Of Counting when that's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Countdown. Yep. So if you don't play ball, and you're just going to keep getting pushed further down, it sounds like. We'll see. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how big of a penalty you actually get. Um, They've been talking about this update for over a year, and Google usually doesn't talk about algorithm updates at all. So I think it's going to be a pretty major one. They postponed it because of COVID. They were worried that it was going to really impact the economy. Then they postponed it from May to June, and they're going to kind of ease into it come June. So... I think it's going to be pretty disruptive. So we're excited about it because our customers will actually go up. You know, you always hear about an algorithm update 
the people that, the, the bad stories, the ones that got wiped away and lost all this revenue. But for every link that goes down, there's got to be one that goes up. So yeah. uh, we're excited about it, and we can't have it come soon enough. Yeah. And I imagine uh, it's a great selling point because you probably have case studies of both good and bad, correct? Yeah. It's a, you know, everybody that's sort of in the know on SEO is really looking to improve their page speed right now, and we're sort of the premium solution out there to do that. Um, it's very effective, and um, not only does it help for, you know, your Google rankings, but PageSpeed's great for conversion rate, lowering your bounce rate. I mean, you just look at your own behavior on, on your phone or whatever, if a site's taking a long time to load, you know, you're, you're out. So yeah. um, we're kind of right place, right time at the moment for this product. So, yeah, it's a new product, and we're really excited about sort of the market fit right now. Yeah, good timing. So on that line of products, how do you and your team uh, – Think up the new products. Uh, how do you stay? You, you got. You have to stay pretty far ahead of the curve, right? Yeah. How do you guys uh, come up with the the product idea and ultimately build it out? So, you know, we actually started as a B two C company and we pivoted into software as sort of the fastest way towards revenue. Um, so a lot of it was at, in the early days very accidental. You know, I can't say that we had any brilliant idea. Um, we automated something called structured data markup that you and I talked about last time. That was a hot, you know, a hot topic in the SEO world back then. Um, so that sold well. Then we built a dynamic rendering product, which is another sort of became a hot SEO topic, and now we have a PageSpeed product. So we're really looking at what Google wants and what they're talking about and what they think is important in becoming ranking factors and then getting out ahead of that so that we have product when the change is made and it's ready to go. So that's sort of how we think about it. We, we really watch Google closely, and they're sort of the, you know, they give us tips sort of not just publicly, not directly to us, but um, we try to get ahead of, you know, what they're looking for out of a site. And they're pretty open and honest about it, so, so you know, we just align with them. Yeah. Um, is there ever any worry that they might not be open and honest at some point in the future and you guys get caught on your heels? You know, this is a common question, especially from investors, right? They worry if you're dependent on, you know, another company. Um, I'm not worried about that because their transparency, you know, Google used to really um, sort of have this, like, love-hate relationship with SEOs where they thought they were getting, you know, SEOs were tricking them. And now they've kind of made it into a community. So they really trust SEOs and um, they give them information in advance. Um, so I think this is their new direction. In terms of, you know, where the, will they switch something all of a sudden? I mean, that did happen to us this year, a piece of our technology that they were leveraging. They actually turned it off as a, as a, as a thing that they, you could use in a Chrome browser. Um, so that was a bit of a hit. But uh, m big picture, we're very well aligned with them, and they, they sort of go in these big general directions, like, structured data, then dynamic rendering, and now this is a really big direction going into page speed, and I don't think that's going anywhere. I think they're not going to go back and be like, you know, I think it's good for sites to be slow. We should, you know, flip this. It's just directionally correct, so we feel good about, you know, our alignment with them. Yeah, that's great. Um, and so you obviously know a lot about this industry, um, and you learned it at Overstock. Is that, yep. That's correct. Um, kind of give a quick uh, story of of how you learned it all on the job with, with Overstock, and then at what point were you confident enough that you figured you could do it on your own and build a company? Yeah, so I started at Overstock in 2005, uh, which will make me sound a bit old here, but I started there right out of college, 
was fortunate to, um, you know, kind of put some numbers up on the scoreboard early as I was on the bottom rung. And the, the CEO and founder, Patrick Byrne, who's a really interesting character, um, he kind of took me under his wing. Um, I eventually became the SVP of marketing there. We had a great SEO story of going from a channel that, of zero that we had never even heard of to a channel of like $300 million in, yeah. in three or four years. Um, and we just threw so many resources at it. I mean, imagine a company that has 40 people working just on SEO, half of them being developers. I mean, that just doesn't happen at really many companies at all unless you're that big. And so we tried everything. You know, so you just you learn by trying. And in these days, they weren't telling you these tips like page speed's important and stuff. You had to figure it out on your own. So it was just on the front lines, you know, um, learning SEO with a very smart team. I had a great sort of SEO mentor and this guy named Paul Bremer, and he taught me a ton. And then, you know, in terms of like the entrepreneurial, um, there's Overstock right there, all right. Um, in terms of the entre entrepreneurial side of it, I always knew I wanted to do my own thing, but I knew what I didn't know. And that was, you know, I needed to sort of get big company experience and being sort of attached at the hip with um, the CEO there, I uh, just saw how it was done. And then after that experience, I was ready to go. So now about five, you know, it's been about five, six years of doing Huckabye. Um, feel like I have the skill set and um, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, and you, so you 40, how many employees do you guys have? We're just under 20 employees. 20 employees. Yep. And uh, a mix of engineers and biz dev. Like what are you focused on as far as employees now? So we are, um, yes, a lot of developers. Um, sort of our groups are product, and, and product is new product development as well as support and onboarding. Um, then we have marketing and sales, and that's the revenue team. So it's a really simple structure, product and revenue. Those are sort of the two sides. CTO manages product, and I manage revenue. Um, revenue, we've done a bit of a pivot into a really product-led growth strategy, so less on this like heavy sales side, much more about marketing and that's my background so that's really been strong we've had an amazing year couple years in terms of marketing and, and leads that are coming in it's just almost overwhelming so um that's sort of the breakdown of how how we hire got it so you said overwhelming like marketing's going good um you've got a factor in like the inputs which is you know new customers and leads and not hire too many people uh, how much of your time as the CEO do you kind of spend on strategy as it relates to like the balance sheet and P&L and stuff? A decent amount of time. I think my focus really after our last fundraise, which we did a seed round, has been really on the revenue line and the, and the revenue team. Um, it's nice to kind of, you know, we watch our burn and we make sure we may have made some adjustments in the last year to, to you know, be more cash sensitive. Um, but those are often, you know, board conversations, and, and that's not really my background as much. So I rely heavily on our board um, and our, you know, VP of finance to, to handle those sorts of, you know, ultimately the decision's mine, but um, they help me a lot with it. Yeah. Uh, we were talking beforehand um, that with, you know, software or anything really, but in this instance software, when you buy something new, for example, we're a small nonprofit, if uh, the onboarding process doesn't go well, almost inevitably we don't end up using it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, how is your guys' onboarding process from, you know, somebody pings you and says, hey, seems like a pretty good deal. I'm interested, demo. Um, you know, they sign up. What is your onboarding process like after that? So our onboarding has changed a lot this year because we started doing a free trial of this page speed technology. And so it used to be, you know, they're paying, so they, there's this real high motivation to get, get implemented really quickly. Um, now it's a lot more volume. So we have a lot of onboardings happening each month. Um, it's owned by the product team. And the goal really is to just get someone live as fast as possible. Ours isn't a usage product. It's just get it live and then watch the results and see how it's doing. So that's the goal for us is how many days can we go, how, how short of a time period can we go from, you know, they've signed a contract to their live and experiencing the results. And because it's a new sort of pivot for us with this product-led growth and the free trial and stuff, we're learning as we go. You know, I can't say that we're experts at it at all yet, but it's been like three months and the learning curve is really fast and I think we're getting a lot better at it. Um, There's just room for improvement for us. We're kind of, you know, it's been less than six months since we've been onboarding people this way. So we're learning like every day right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's the fun time. Yeah. what is the, like the scope of your customer base? Is it a bunch of big ones, small ones, medium, everything in between? Yeah, incredibly diverse from you know, the sales forces and vivants of the world to nonprofits to uh, we have a lot of e-commerce, a lot of software. Um, because we're sort of a marketing-driven revenue side of things, inbound is just you know, the nature of it is very diverse. You're not going out and picking who you're selling to. So, um, it's an incredibly diverse. What's nice is that who we sell to is uh, almost every company needs more organic search traffic or faster page speed, whatever it is. So, you know, it's a really across the board, probably about as diverse as you'll see from a customer base of any software company. Yeah, cool. And is there a difference between these bigger enterprises and, and smaller startups as far as services? Yeah, I mean, the price ranges, the product ranges. Um, I'd say, you know, for enterprise, they just get a tremendous amount of value because a Salesforce, for example, their site's going to be slow just given the business requirements that are put on it. Their site's going to be hard for a search engine to understand. So we really move the needle a lot for enterprise. Um, you know, Google only cares about sites that have a certain what they call domain authority. So if it's a really small customer, they're not going to see as much of an effect, not that our product's not doing its thing. It's just that Google's not as interested in their site. Um, so we kind of do mid-market and up. Um, we do some, we're getting closer to the freemium model for some smaller businesses, but yeah, it's typically um, sort of mid-market and up. Gotcha. All right, so we hit, you hit on it a little bit. You've got a board, and that usually means you've got investment. Uh, what's that process like for any prospective entrepreneurs out there to raise money and interact with a board on strategy and, and things like that? Yeah, I'd say it's, you know, probably had other speakers say this as well, but it takes a lot more time than you think it would. I think our last round took me about a year to do. So um, you'd hope that it would be a fast process, but even after, you know, you've gone through the pitch and sort of due diligence, it's still just, it's, it ends up dragging on a lot longer than you'd think. Um, I mean, my advice is um, find someone that you really trust and enjoy. And I, I did that with Diogo, who you know at Album. Um, he's someone that we've known each other now for probably four or five years. Um, I trust him. I like him a lot. He's been an incredible, you know, they, they led the round. 
Um, and then our other, so yeah, just find someone that you really trust and, and they have real interests. Um, and then, you know, it usually comes together once you have that lead investor relatively quickly at that point, but it takes a long time. And um, you do have to kind of push the agenda yourself as a CEO. Uh, it's not going to just come right to you. Uh, so, you know, making sure you're on top of it and pushing towards that close is really important. And then afterwards, we're fortunate. We have, um, we have a great uh, third board member. We have a very simple board and Dioga and myself and a guy named Robson, who's the CMO of a, a huge software company called OutSystems. He was also the CMO of New Relic and Concur and all these great businesses. So he, he's been a real, on the business side, sort of guiding light for me and a mentor. And then, you know, Diogo is just a phenomenal um, VC guy that, that I really enjoy. And so we have, a, we have a great, fortunately, a very great board. I've witnessed companies that, that don't, and, it's, and it can really cause problems. Um, before this round, we, we didn't have the best board in the world, and now um, it just feels uh, really solid and together. So we're fortunate, but, um, yeah, push for the close. Find someone that you trust that, you know, think can actually make it happen, especially if it's your first time. And, um, yeah, take it from there. Yeah, and plan on a little longer than what you thought. Definitely. <laughs> so you mentioned you had a, a, a mentor in Patrick over at Overstock, kind of a lucky break there. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, you saw how he operated as a, as a leader. Um, what did you learn from him, and what have you applied now that you're CEO? And then second part of that question, what were some preconceived notions about being a CEO that were wrong? <laughs> Yeah. Well, being the CEO of a public company like Overstock and being the CEO of a brand new startup are very different jobs. Um, what I learned from him, you know, it's funny, I'll always say like, you know, Patrick used to say blah, 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 blah. And now our CTO, and you, know, just, you just have to say that, Jeff. <laughs> you got to stop saying that. Yeah. And, and that was kind of a funny thing. But you learn a lot, right? You learn a lot about, with Patrick, it was really interesting because his godfather's Warren Buffett. His dad was the CEO of Geico. I mean, they're just like this business dynasty. And so there was a lot of like high-level business stuff that I learned from him. I think the most important thing I learned from him is just, you know, the importance of growing that revenue line. And that that's kind of all that matters at the end of the day. And just this sort of maniacal vision to, to keep growing. Um, he was really good at that. And um, made some really big moves that paid off, and you have to be aggressive to to have that type of growth. So, I mean, we're a you know, couple million dollar startup. That's a billion and a half company. So, um, kind of different scale, but uh, you know, those are the big things, the business lessons from his dad and Buffett and him, and then that sort of really aggressive pursuit of revenue. The difference between um, you know, the first thing you notice is, like, it's just not glamorous at all. Um, even from the outside looking at Patrick, it might be, uh, but because it's, that's a much bigger company. So, you know, you get to the stage of a Ryan Smith or a Patrick or a Josh James, it's a different job than the job of a startup CEO. Startup CEO, you know, you're putting furniture together at the beginning. Um, you're tr paying people out of your own bank account. Um, so... The job of a, of a real startup CEO, I think, is, you know, you have to, it's kind of a job of endurance in a lot of ways. You know, you're, you're fighting for every, every dollar and every month that goes by that your startup's doing well or growing and in business. Um, so they're just much different jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the buck stops with you, for sure. Yep. If there's, a, like, a squabble, you yep. 
are the mediator, and I guess if furniture needs to get put together, you're, <laughs> you're the guy there as well. Yep. Um, all right, cool. So you guys, you know, weathered the last year really nicely, and uh, how do you guys look at the future? Do you guys do long-term planning, short-term planning? Is there, like, a methodology that you guys follow for planning your next wave of success? Right now is really about getting momentum heading into a Series A. So that's kind of how we think of 2021 is – how many good months can we put in the books to have a really great story for our Series A? So it's very growth-focused right now. Obviously, we pivoted um, just a few months ago in, on sort of our sales strategy, which was a, a big move for us and it was sort of a board decision. Um, but that's sort of the focus right now is how do we take this product-led growth and the momentum that we're experiencing right now and and keep it rolling? And then how do we go from booking a ton of trials to actually – you know, capturing all of that revenue. So it's an interesting time at Huckabee right now. It's really exciting. We're learning a lot. Um, and the momentum at this moment is, is just phenomenal. So I'm, I'm thrilled about that. That's great to hear. So I ask every Park City uh, company this question. So if it snows and it's a really good powder day, what happens when everyone has the sniffles that day <laughs> and calls in sick? Yeah, it's, it's strange how those things... Um, happen at the same time but uh no we're very i'm a skier i spent a year on the u.s ski team i skied in college so i would be a hypocrite if i'm out there and the rest of the team can't be uh, i think it's actually really healthy for the team to take breaks and do that sort of stuff i mean they always seem to come back much more productive so yeah we're, we're uh very amenable when it comes to those things you can you got the weather report you might anticipate what's going to happen yeah so how's your skiing now that you're a little bit older versus <laughs> When you were that good. Yeah, not even close. Um, now it's just for enjoyment. Um, going with my wife, um, yeah, it's a, different, it's a different game. Some of the similar you know, people that I raced with, uh, they've kind of kept it up or they've gone into the coaching realm, sort of a common path. Uh, so they're doing a lot better in terms of their ski career than, than I am. Obviously, I took a different path than being a ski coach. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to join us. And uh, I think this is a fun and interesting story. And uh, I, you know, doing some research for this, uh, this event, I learned a lot just from your website. So your website, for what it's worth, is way informative and really well done. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a big focus this year. And uh, yeah, thanks, Garrett. It's great to be here. Appreciate it.